3: and i see the need for action i see the need for a great reset
1: we are three years and one month in 14 days to flatten the curve Joining us today. I'm Johnny Emerson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, somewhere between iconic and psychotic. Marty
3: Foster. Marty, how are you? Um, I'm in pretty much the same sort of mood as I was last Thursday. Um, absolutely nothing has happened to, you know, help me shake off this kind of morbid lackluster. And generally, there's another word I'm groping for, I'll get it any second now. Ambivalent mood that i mean, in there we go how about you guys how are you healthy and alive here
1: i'm doing just fine thank you very much i was uh seeing to my shoulder before we got started and it feels much better a lot of relief on that and i spent some time today it's been a while i spent some time today in a uh in a himalayan salt sauna which was interesting it was about 90 degrees celsius so it was pretty warm in there but um i spent about 15 minutes in there and boy did i feel good after i came out of there
3: well we we actually have Himalayan salt, rock salt in our um, grinder as as table salt, and and I don't know why I didn't buy it, but somebody did. And you know i'm I'm not about to to have a go at you, Johnny, but for there to be a whole bathful of Himalayan salt, if it is indeed actually from the Himalayas, that's a really long way to transport salt. Just to lie around in there's massive salt mines in Poland, just over the border. Surely you know things that are essentially salt have pretty much the same properties just because it's got the word Himalaya in the front of it doesn't mean that it's necessarily any better. And like I say, I'm not having a go, but I, I'm just I'm, I'm just stating a fact that I think you, you you may be contributing to global warming by having Himalayan salt baths.
1: Good, good. That's what I say. Good. I'm glad I'm contributing to that. Anything I can do to help? And to be fair, the walls are lined with the pink salts. You know, the the Himalayan yeah. pink salt. It's the it's like the instead of bricks in there, it's like the the bricks are made of the salt. So when you're around, so you're you're constantly irradiated by that you know the heat that's trapped in the uh the salt bricks there and it's it's really nice
3: that's 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 interesting i mean of course everything is a frequency when you drill down low enough and so obviously there there might be some sort of um resonance with this these himalayan salt bricks that that have a, a curative and healing effect so you know i, I don't know um and i'm not going to say that they that it's quackery at all quackery. He says quackery.
1: I mean, I'm trying to do the, the healthy thing. Maybe it's just for advertising marketing. I, I don't know. But it's it's in the place that I go to. So, you know, I thought I'd check it out today. But anyway, uh, Marty, you spend a lot of time on social media. Well, not a great deal of time, but you are on it as opposed to to the rest of us. Um What do you think of Musk taking over Twitter? What's been your, your, Um, I mean, we're about a year into this now almost. So what's your take on, on him taking over Twitter? What do you think about the job he's done thus far?
3: I've only got a very small view of what has happened on Twitter. I've got very few followers and I don't follow that many people, but it seems most of the people that I did follow and click, oh, I'll I'll have a listen to them and see what they say every now and again, haven't said anything for quite some time because I get maybe one notification a week if I'm lucky. So there's not much happening as far as I can see. But then again, I think I was shadow banned certainly was on fastbook uh you know put down to the bottom of everybody's feeds also that is dependent on the content if i just put a happy picture of me walking the dog or the dog asleep on my lap next to the log burner so i'll get 30 40 50 likes even but if i say our government are wef puppets who deserve to be outed and routed no one sees it no one sees that and it's probably the same on twitter even now the last thing i've seen about twitter and elon musk is him taking this reporter to task the reporter was talking about um hate this is it yeah johnny's got the video up here he's talking about hate speech uh whatever that is. Uh, Did is didn't we cover that last week or the week before i believe so yeah Yeah, and misinformation. And Musk, bless him, who I'm I'm more and more impressed with him because in in the video you can clearly see that the man has got love handles to die for. He's clearly not using all that time he's got as a billionaire to get down the gym and and do a bit of exercise. He's just sticking away the Wagyu beef like it's going out of fashion. Then again, he might be a vegetarian. I don't know. I, I, I just don't know. But, yes, this interview where he turns it round on the interviewer is really good. Are you just going to play it? You might as well because it, it speaks for itself.
2: Yeah, will do. Here, here it is. Content you don't like or, or hateful. What do you mean to, to describe a hateful thing? Yeah, I, I mean, you know, just content that
0: will solicit. A reaction, something that may include something that is slightly racist or slightly sexist, those kinds of those kinds of things. So you think if
2: something is slightly sexist, it should be banned?
0: No, is that what you're saying? I'm not
2: saying anything. I'm saying. Well, I'm just curious. I'm trying to understand what you mean by hateful content. I'm asking for specific examples. Um, And if and you just said that if something is slightly sexist, that's hateful content. Does that mean that it should be banned? Well, you've asked me. You've asked me whether my
0: feed, whether it's got less or more. It, I'd say it's got slightly more.
2: That's uh, why I'm asking for examples. Can you, right? Can you name one example? I, I honestly don't. Use, I, I, honestly, you I don't. You can't use, name I, a single
0: example. I'll tell you why, because I don't actually use that for you feed anymore, because I, I just don't particularly like it. You said actually, a lot, of people, a lot of people are quite similar. I, 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 only, well, I only look well, at my, hang on a second. You said you've following. seen
2: more hateful content, but you can't name a single example, not even one. I'm not sure I've used that feed for the last... Three or four weeks and I well, oh, then how did you guy. see the hateful cont- contact contact?
0: say that that kind of information is on the rise. Now, whether whether it has on Give my feed one or example. not, I mean, I, right, and literally if you, can't you know, name something one. like the, the uh, Strategic Dialogue uh, Institute in, in the UK, they will say that. So you, they, Look, people will say all sorts of nonsense. I'm literally asking for a right. single example, and you can't name one. Right, and as as I've already said, I don't use that feed. But let's, well, then, how let, would you know that I don't you, think you, this is getting anywhere. You literally
2: said you experienced more hateful content, and then couldn't name a single example. Right, and as I said, I that's haven't, absurd. I haven't, I haven't actually
0: looked at that feed. Then, say, how would you know there's hateful weeks, content? Because I'm saying that's what I saw a few weeks ago. I can't give you an exact example. Let's move on. We have, we only have a certain amount of time.
1: Something tells me that that didn't make the final cut of the interview that was going no, to be it aired didn't. on
3: BBC. <laughs> It, it didn't. The thing is, as a man, uh I see female comedians um which are more and more prevalent and some of them are quite funny. There's one you but guys have amount- on
1: that on that point. There's one you guys have. I, I can't think I don't know what her last name is. Her name's Rasheen something. She's a blonde lady. She's, yeah, hu- R- she's Rasheen Connery. That yeah, that one. She's, she's funny.
3: She's hilarious. But she's her Style of comedy isn't man hating, whereas an awful lot of the um LGBTQ comedians is out and out man hating, and their content is put all over Twitter, it's put all over Fastbook, it's put into little clips on TikTok, all those kind of things. And I just press the X at the top so I don't see that kind of thing anymore or less of it but it still it still seems to pop up i think the moderators go oh he's got a problem with lesbian and feminist comedians so um we'll we'll just keep putting more of that into his feed that's that, that's what seems to happen but yeah we 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 get this so this reporter or the, this interviewer is saying something that was mildly sexist well most of what we we hear from these lgbtq female comedians is so anti-heterosexual male that what else would you call it but hate speech? I wouldn't. I wouldn't call it hate speech. I'd just call it bad comedy because it's, it's stereotypical. You've heard the phrase, it's funny because it's true. That really does apply. And when they're making these broad generalizations, what they're saying isn't true for the majority of the target population. So it is hate speech, but I don't give a bollocks and they can carry on doing it. I I personally, I quite
4: enjoyed watching Musk take that reporter, quote unquote, reporter to task. Um, I enjoyed it. That's the kind of rhetoric I want to see. uh, Really, anybody that's out there that's supposedly middle of the road like Musk or supposedly on the right uh, here in the States. That's what I wish they would do. Just ask a question. Just just ask them. Give me an example of what you're talking about, you know, or or show me the data on what you're talking about or, you know, something on those lines, because that's the exact response
3: that the, you'll get. Well, I, I, I don't. Have, uh, Somebody it. else said it. It wasn't yeah. me. Somebody else said it. You know, it's, it's third-party hearsay uh, a lot of the time that he was basing his questions on. Musk, in another part of that interview, also says, what about the BBC? Okay, what whataboutery isn't necessarily a really good way of, of proving a point, but in this particular case, it was good because it's what about the misinformation that the BBC put across about COVID, about the effectiveness of the jabs, about the level of fear, about mask-wearing... And the guy in the opposite chair suddenly realized, I'm in a conversation that is way above my pay grade. And anything I say here will get me sacked and I'll probably never work again. So it was good, but Musk knew he had the upper hand. That was a very junior reporter. What would have been better would have been the same conversation with the director general of the BBC someone who could actually speak for the whole organization that would have been almost equal but even then musk still probably out earns him by a considerable amount of money well even still the 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 way musk handled the
4: conversation that this is i don't think people realize that these crazy leftists that when you just simply ask questions like this they don't have a leg to stand on uh, they don't have any kind of data to come at you with, or any. In this, in this case, they don't have any direct examples. The, the stuff they say is very subjective. It's like, oh well, you know, it's hate speech. Uh,
3: it's, it's a, it's a dog whistle, whichever way you look at it. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're dog whistling. They're accusing the right of dog whistling, which they are to a, a certain extent. And what I particularly liked about musk in that interview was he never once appeared as if he was about to lose his shizzle and leave he knew he had the upper hand the guy was on the ropes so he didn't need to storm out of the interview because that would have been that would have been used as as a victory for the bbc So as it is, they can claim absolutely no victory in that interview, and they have to accept it as as quite a serious wounding. But no, that question still needs to be asked. I want to see the BBC defunded. It's become a subverted, left-wing biased propaganda tool, and I'd rather see it gone. But at the same time a country a sovereign country does need something some kind of broadcaster that is totally non-biased which the bbc should be but of course we know it isn't does the bbc have that um npr
4: labeling that they're government funded do they I, do they have that as well
1: you have to pull their twitter feed and find out but i can't imagine that they wouldn't have it because they literally are government
3: funded aren't they well that are they're, they're- funded by us the public which you know okay uh, we we pay the license fee and it's about 170 pounds a year maybe more to simply own a tv or a radio and Um, what
1: exactly does that like that's not a whole lot of value for money forgive me but that's not a whole lot of uh, return on investment
3: it's the way in which the bbc is funded is is direct from license fees so to own a TV that is capable of receiving either digital terrestrial, that used to be terrestrial or digital, now it's digital terrestrial. So the the even the Freeview stuff, where you've got live TV or even a radio you have to possess a tv license
1: i see well i i did know about that uh, to an extent but uh and i think uh, it was either you or somebody else uh from the uk you were telling me that or uh, one of you were telling me that uh they keep raising the price of the license it used to be substantially cheaper and now it's gotten up to to that level so i think um, in the last in
3: the last 15 years it's it's nearly doubled yeah and it's gotten progressively
1: worse you know it's down it's now to the point where it's as you say it's it's subverted and and it just it's nothing but a propaganda outlet, and that's not saying that the U.S. media is any better. I would argue they're a whole hell of a lot worse. Uh, but I I can't well, I can't watch the, the whole thing about
3: the BBC. In, is because it is purely funded by license fees. There is no advertising whereas the american media and our independent television stations here in the uk are funded through advertising and so therefore you've got the big corporate message all the time so there is as much of a propaganda tool as anything else because you're getting that that corporate message thrown at you in every 15 20 minutes while you're watching a TV program. Brought to Um, you by Pfizer. Yeah, obviously the best thing to do is record everything and then fast forward the ads. The
4: main BBC account does have publicly funded media, but BBC has like Forty accounts, so it's only the the one main account that has that labeling.
1: I have a little bit of an issue with Musk, and it, it's not it's not anything that he just said in that that interview. I you know I appreciate the stance that he took, and I'm I'm glad he stuck to his guns there uh, per se, but one issue that i have with musk in particular is his relationship with beijing i'm not very keen on that we have a very serious problem with china literally i think 48 hours ago he's celebrating his new uh, mega pack factory or whatever that's opening in uh, i believe it's shanghai and i'm sitting there thinking to myself um this is an adversary this is an enemy And you're openly doing business with these people. Now, I understand that you are a businessman, but let's be honest here. What did Mao say about doing business with capitalists? Look, we'll do business with anybody. We don't care. We'll just kill them later. Mao said that when you had guys that defected like Besmanoff, he said, no, 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 no. Look, you don't get it. All these people that, that are doing business with all of these, uh, with these, these communist countries, you don't understand. You'll be lined up against the wall and shot. That's it. There's no debate
3: here. They're buying favors, aren't they? If, if they're as informed as we think they are about what really is happening globally, they're buying favor. They're sort of making friends with the big guy in the playground. To make sure that the other the other kids stay away from them but at the end of the day what passports does elon musk hold i'm assuming he's got a us passport by now and he's a south african but in his head he is a citizen of the world he is a global citizen he can go anywhere he likes he could buy somewhere to live anywhere that he wants to go to so he has no allegiance so to him China isn't an enemy it isn't the bad guy Russia isn't the bad guy if he wanted to um he, he could divert a couple of billion and buy a good few thousand acres in the middle of Iran and pay for a big enough security force to go around it it doesn't matter to him where he does business your question is valid and i'm not trying to patronize you but that's the answer they don't care who they do business with as long as they do what they perceive as successful, profitable business. And of course it's much more profitable, and forgive the racial stereotype, to get somebody who works for a bowl of rice a day and a crap government apartment to do that work for you than someone who wants to own their own home, eat out twice a week and have a better style of life or a better standard of living. So that's why the industry, let's face it, has moved into Asia because it's cheap labor, and it's a win-win for him. Cheap labor, and he gets to be friends with the big kid in the playground. That's actually one of the reasons that
4: we here in the United States don't see Republicans pushing harder for border security, because it's cheap labor that comes across for their businesses. In terms of Musk, now, I can't say this is... From true or, you know, this is his position. This is his verbal position. And I'm kind of, summer, are, are kind of assuming based on what his uh, announced goals are. He supposedly is pro-human and he, he supposedly thinks that humanity is on a destructive course with AI and pollution. So he's trying to get to Mars. So if your goal is to get to Mars as quickly as possible, you're going to use any manufacturing means that you have available to you uh, you know, so China already has a pretty big, where else are you going to go in the world for manufacturing? That That's basically what it boils down to. Are you going to build a, a, a warehouse or a, a, you know, a facility, a factory here in the United States, which you're not even sure you can uh, employ enough people to do it because other jobs around here are having difficulties. Uh, I mean, we're, it's, we're finding difficulties filling many jobs. So I'm not trying to defend the guy. I'm just trying to say from I'm, I'm agreeing with you, Marty, but from a slightly different angle, um, if his goal is truly to get to Mars to try to save the human race from a possible catastrophe, then I can understand his logic in saying we're going to the China or India or wherever that has manufacturing um, capabilities already in place and just buy up a warehouse that's already built or
3: a factory that's already built and use the mechanisms already there? Well, from my perspective, you may be absolutely right, but we have to be careful because just as with COVID, where the cure is actually worse than the disease, the only way human beings will ever colonize Mars, in my opinion, is with a global government because all of those resources have to be pulled. All of that skill ability know how has to be pulled and put together in order to get enough hardware up to mars so that a colony is possible so for him to achieve his aim to save air quotes mankind they'll wind up destroying mankind or very many of us that are alive and our lines and our 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 as humans You know, we we are all about this identity and gender politics with all the changes that they're going to need to make to people genetically in order for them to have a chance on Mars. The human race won't exist. We will, like Noah Harari says, this is probably the last, we are probably the last true humans alive because these people are going to try to modify the human form and so that it can cope with the journey so that it can cope with the environment it will be living in on Mars. Uh, And yeah, the cure
4: is worse than the disease. And you're probably right there. Uh, I I don't have any any kind of information or anything on what he's talked about on how to solve those problems or how he plans to solve those problems. So yeah, I have no clarification or whatever you want to call it on that sense. I'm, I'm very much concerned about those things as well. When he, when he's pushing Neuralink and, and trying to further the transhumanist agenda in that sense, you know, that that's transhumanism. Um, and then the, the whole idea of gene altering them, supposedly that's not his stance. Supposedly that's kind of the vibe, but he's never come out plainly and said those things. Uh, so I, I, I could see as far as manipulating humans yeah, he's definitely doing that. Look at Neuralink. But as far as getting the the hardware to Mars, theoretically, there's ways to go about doing that without having a hell. We don't even have to take a bunch of resources from the planet. Theoretically, you could you could get a lot of the resource either from there or on the way. Um, there, there's plenty of wait. Well, not really on the way. It's kind of having to go out of the way a little bit. But there's plenty of. Other means of of getting you know ores and those kind of things, but then you have to process them. And there's there's ways that he could go about doing it, but again, you're running into the same issue of we have a lot of the facilities we need here, and it would just increase the amount of time that it would take before humans colonize Mars. We're seeing China; they're pushing towards it. They're pushing for it. NASA is pushing towards trying to get back to the moon. They're talking about potentially doing a colony on the moon. Uh, so
3: yeah. I don't know. Um, I
1: I do have something on that really quickly. China, Bruce you're going to love this. China has asked Venezuela to take part in their moon expedition.
4: I'm I'm sure they are um uh, I see Venezuela as someone sitting on the side of the road saying, we'll work for food with a sign in hand. that That's kind of how I see it. And uh, China is going to say, yeah, you want to help us do this? We'll, we'll feed you. We'll house you. Those kind of things may not be the best uh, conditions, but it's probably better than what their conditions are currently. So, yeah, I don't see many Venezuelans turning down
3: that offer. Well, they're the poorest country in the world at the moment aren't they for more or less
1: much. at least at, at the very least in all of south america and you cannot chalk that up to anything other than the form of government that they have because they have more natural resources per capita than any other nation on earth
3: but they've got all these natural resources and they've had bad government for such a long time because they've been interfered with they haven't been able to uh deal with their own politics there's always been that influence usually from the the US i have to say sticking its nose in but also from the east
1: it's primarily since since the late 60s it's been primarily from the
3: russians well yeah because they've got you know people standing on on a socialist stroke communist standpoint to to be elected. And because the people are poor, that's what they think. That's what they've been engineered to think is, is the best outcome. But with the US's complete abhorrence of communism, then there have been, you know, black ops and all kinds of things to undermine whichever communist Venezuela has put into power.
1: Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately, we have our own problems of that ideological infestation to deal with. And speaking of that, let's talk about China. Bruce and I have been talking about China and their possible moves in the Pacific. And you being a career uh, Navy man, I thought that uh, you would like to weigh in on some of this geopolitical strategy. I just so happen to have Uh, with me a visual aid, because I know you like visuals of-
3: A very visual person. Yes, you're a very
1: visual person, yes. This is what it looked like around the island nation, yes, I said it, of Taiwan, when China were conducting their drills, their their military drills, that's that's all they were doing. They were just practicing is all they were doing. But to me, when I see that, that looks like a blockade, at least a, a run up to one. And of course they say that they're going to be closing the airspace north of Taiwan in 72 hours. Okay. And they have currently oh. got uh these are the ships that are still there after the war games have been completed, shall we say.
3: Yeah, but look at the proximity to mainland China. That gap in between mainland China and Taiwan is how far? Look, looking at that, I'm I'm guessing it's a only about 150 to 200 miles.
1: Something along those lines, yeah.
3: Yeah. So every country in the world has got its own territorial waters apart from where they border another country, and then those are international waters. China, you know, just to be fair and play devil's advocate, have got a 200-mile exclusion zone around their own coastline, which encroaches right onto Taiwan. And Taiwan is still known as the Republic of China, isn't it?
1: Yes. However, they are, quote, uh, an an independent nation, but they are not recognized by the UN because of China.
3: And, And one of our mutual lunatic communists that I've had the misfortune to be engaging with on Fastbook over the last few days... He informs me, and, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, that Taiwan is doing the majority of its trade with China. As and, far as and I so, know, that is true, yeah. As far as I know. So is it in China's interest to stop that? Or does China think, and and again, this is just asking for a guess from you? Does China think that it can just take over Taiwan and keep things going exactly as it was? So that means uh you know, a coup and a takeover without a shot being fired because you start throwing missiles around, you start damaging infrastructure.
1: I I don't I don't think that it would go that direction. And, I, you know, we can discuss this because I'd like to hear your take on it. First of all, if it's your territory, why do you trade with it? Why do you call it trade? I'm just, I mean, it's just a simple question. Why Why is that? But uh, apart from that, I don't believe that they will attack it. I, I don't think that they will, because as you say, you're going to damage that critical infrastructure and they need that critical infrastructure that's on Taiwan. So they can't damage any of that. I'm talking mainly about the, uh, the microchips. Uh, they need those. But as far as uh, anything else, I, I'm assuming that they're going to blockade
3: it. That's really all they have to do here. It's funny how these things pan out because um, I was thinking earlier on about military exercises and the ones that I've been involved with on land when I was a soldier before I joined the Navy. They start off with an advance to contact. There's then a shorter part of the exercise, which is where you uh, win the battle, followed by a defensive phase. And what they're doing here is they've done their advance to contact They don't need to win the battle. All they need to do now is put that defensive phase up, as you say, a blockade to stop anybody else that's trading with Taiwan from getting to it which suddenly makes everything that Taiwan produces, the only route out of Taiwan is through the CCP.
1: Now comes the next question, right? Because we've been kind of of the opinion that uh, we were expecting China and Russia to go to the US Around 2035. Well, whatever's happened behind the scenes, it has now forced them to move. And I'm assuming, uh, just based on my own uh, analysis, and I'm I'm taking into account events that are leading up to this in the U.S. political events that would that would cause this to happen. Either way, and we've we've extrapolated out uh, like two or three different scenarios uh, as it relates to the political situation. Any way that we look at this. Uh, we're pretty sure that chi- China has to move between now and 2027. That's our best guess to kind of circumvent any kind of rebuilding. But I, I can already tell that you
3: probably disagree with that. But go ahead. It's not that I disagree because I I don't I don't know. I haven't read the same things of, as you've read. But the very concept of Russia and China moving in into Western countries and uh, basically an attack on NATO doesn't make sense historically or militarily and I'll tell you why if well an example perhaps if we look at the Roman Empire what caused the Roman Empire to collapse Current it extended yeah. well kind of basically you have to 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 take that real estate you have to get a bigger and bigger army all of the time and they are expensive. You know, back in those days, a Roman legionary was paid in salt and on his retirement, um, that's where the word salary comes from, by the way. And on his retirement, he would get some land and and some grain uh, to start a family and, and, and live peacefully. But it got too big. And everywhere you go, there were people like from Monty Python's The Life of Brian. What have the Romans ever done for us? and they would rebel. And so if you look at what's happening with Putin's having problems getting conscripts to go and fight in Ukraine, people do not want to enter into that war within Russia. They're already resisting from within. Imagine the kind of resistance in a annexed country that was formerly a Western democracy. The resistance would be massive. And these people are all educated people, these world leaders, you know, They know what happened to the Roman Empire and what happens when you overexpand. So I don't think it's going to be a military action. I think what's happening is closer to what we've spoken about before, which is where basically a load of sleeper cells are now becoming more obvious that they've already taken over the government. And the people think they're still in the good old US of A or in Blighty and being ruled by people that they voted in. But they're not. They're being ruled by people they were given to vote for who are already subverted. So I I think the concept of of a broader military action doesn't make sense from a historical perspective. And if you're going to take real estate, you want to be able to keep it. So you need to have enough troops to do that. And in order to do that, with constant rebellions everywhere, um, it's nigh on impossible. So. That, that's my take on it anyway. And you did ask.
1: No, I, I yeah, I, I did ask for your considered and informed opinion that I'm welcome to and everybody else is welcome to and I'm glad that you that you, uh, <laughs> that you gave it. has been from the start. We've actually you've said that. So that is true. No, I, I, I agree with your, your assessment there. I do disagree with one little aspect of it, though, where you say that you're going to have a monumental amount of resistance in the countries that they take. And let me explain. Mainly, I'm speaking on America here. I, I can't I can't speak probably to the, to the UK. I, I don't know. I'm like, I'm not, I don't have my finger on the pulse of what your people are doing on the ground over there. But in the US, I can tell you, we've already allowed them to take over our schools, our media, our churches, and, and our, our public institutions, our government, and we've done nothing. So I don't see any kind of resistance. I mean, and people say, oh, well, you're going to have uh, 20 million uh, deer hunters in Pennsylvania. Really? Are you? With the amount of people that are in as bad a physical shape as they are, you're going to have them hiking two, three valleys over to go after an entire squad of of Chinese Communist Party
3: People's Liberation Army soldiers? I don't think so. No, but that's the whole point. Because they've Undermined our very society through infiltrating our education system, through infiltrating our governments, who have in turn weakened and removed the resolve of the people. They don't need to make a massive military coup. They can get whatever they want just by the back channels, calling up whoever is pretending to be the American president or the British prime minister at the given time and saying, We need this, make it happen. Sorry about the beep there. And speaking of that, your thoughts on Monsieur Macron
1: in Beijing kissing Xi's ass?
3: Um, well, you know, I I hope uh, Xi has got no sense of smell. I hope he had a really <laughs> bad case of COVID and lost <laughs> it because I imagine Macron to smell of goulash and onions um, and garlic. Uh, but you know what I think of the French? So, you know, why why would Mac look at him? Why has he got one shoulder lower than the other? I'm not Is he sure. actually a hunchback? Is he I, I actually Quasimodo in modern day? is that Van der That's Vandaland? Yes, that's Ursula yeah, Vondalayan. Vondalayan. yes. And this is this is the the recent visit to Beijing. Yes. Okay. So there you go. Like like I said the other day, your government are WF puppets. My government are WEF puppets, and the EU are indeed, in turn, WF puppets. So it doesn't matter which of the Western... It Schwab was absolutely spot on, wasn't he, when he said, Our proudest thing is that we have penetrated the cabinets, penetrated them. They've been double penetrated without the benefit of a reach around by most of them, by the looks of things.
1: And this is my argument uh, when it comes to these organizations, you know, and this is part of our research, so I don't want to get too deep into it. But, you know, I've called the WEF in recent days, I've called it a communist front, and I have a reason for doing that. I believe that that's what they have used, as in when I say used, I'm not talking about our corporate heads here. I'm not talking about our hedge fund guys or anything like that. But these other people have used that particular organization to do exactly what Klaus said, but it goes a little deeper than that. But I'll get into that uh, when we come back from our two-week hiatus, because we've got more research to do. Okay, so we've talked about uh, China. In your opinion, you're, you're familiar with the Japanese Navy. W- where do they play in all of this? H- how does this work? We were talking about Japan the other day. It doesn't make any sense for China to take Japan for resources, obviously, because they have none. So it doesn't make any sense. So would they blockade that as well? Lock down the Pacific, but they need
3: the Russians to do that too. No, they need to shut that airspace down. And although the American hundred and first are in Europe at the moment, in Poland, I think, in Germany. Yeah. Yeah. There are a metric flip ton of US troops in Japan. Now, Japan's Navy might not be very big, but this is going all the way back to nineteen eighty-six when I sailed into Pearl Harbor on one of our brand new warships. We were accompanied by the Japanese Naval Defense Force, and that was the first time that they'd been back to Pearl since uh, December the 7th, 1941. And their ships made our brand new ship look like a Model T Ford. They were all the whistles and bells. Now, they may not have had to say, well, I'm pretty sure their electronics were, were fairly good because the Japanese were world leaders in electronics for a very long time but they they looked super state-of-the-art back in 1986. And I can't imagine that a country like Japan have gone backwards. So whatever they have got is probably very, very good and very capable. That's just my take on it. Do you
1: want to weigh in on the uh, the woke decisions of corporations, namely the uh, the beer company and uh, Anheuser Busch, and the uh, decisions that they have made? We did talk about it yesterday a little bit, and I know how much you love the uh, the lip lip, lip tart. Is that you call them lip tarts? You know, lip tarts. The, yes, yes, the little snowflakes. Tarts.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, no offense to any in the LGBT comu- community. As you know, we are broad-minded and uh, accepting and tolerant, but what a really bad mistake for them to make, to put a trans person as their advertisement. The people who drink, be honest, I think most of the the gay people I know have got a lot better taste than to drink Budweiser. You know, it's not the undisputed king of beers. Uh, and the only time I've ever drunk Budweiser is if I'm in a foreign country where I don't trust the water and I've wanted to sober up because, you know, it's it's like making love in a punt. It's <laughs> close to water. And the fact that you told me earlier on that they have lost $5 billion off in of less their than sales week. in, less than, in less than a week, I can only say... Don't they deserve it? Bruce, you said that uh, suppliers
1: and distributors are now their biggest concern. And you did say that uh, some people have been going to some supermarkets and everything else is pretty much picked clean except for the Anheuser-Busch products. They're all stacked up to the ceiling. Yeah, the
4: the local distributors are actually making like uh YouTube videos, um TikTok shorts or TikToks or you know, I guess it's YouTube shorts and TikToks, but anyway, whatever. They're making videos showing that yeah, you look, uh it Bud Light is stacked to the ceiling and all the other ones are almost empty. And they're like uh the distributors like, look, if this keeps up much longer, I'm not going to be able to f- feed my family. Um, Anheuser, you're going to have to, you know, uh, rescind this and, uh, you know, apologize and whatnot. And let's get back to doing business. And the thing is, most people that drink alcohol... Sorry, did you just call Budweiser alcohol? Uh, No, I just said people that drink alcohol. (laughs) Okay, okay. Just making sure of that. Most people don't care about the, the whole LGBT nonsense and all of that. But then when Budweiser comes out and says or, you know, did their uh, uh, Mulvaney thing and, uh, and pulls out a gay man pretending to be transgender. I just want to point that out. He has not had the bottom surgery, nor has he had the top surgery. Um, he's only been on, supposedly been on hormones, supposedly. We, we, we don't know anything about that. But anyway, he's, he's a beta male. He's the feminine one in the uh, gay relationship. But anyway, they used him and are trying to push this on people. That's the problem. That's where it became an issue is that okay, you want to support the LGBT stuff, yeah, fine, whatever. But then you start shoving it at everybody's faces and saying, Isn't this great? We're we're uh, you know, and, and trying to get us to be ac- accepting of it. That's where the average person's like, No, nah, you you you've gone too far now. If you wanna if you wanna send money or whatever to the the, the whole LGBT stuff, whatever, we don't care. Uh so yeah, <laughs> stupid move. Uh, I hope it does uh, bite them in the ass a little bit more. Um, I hope they feel the pain. I hope that uh, people realize that you put pressure on the, the company itself and make nice with the distributor. Because that, that's one of the things that people need to understand. The distributor is local. like it's It's somebody that probably agrees with you, more than likely, or is similar mindset to your community. And so... You interact with them and say, look, you know, we're, we're glad to do business with you, but like, I can't support this trend that your company's doing. And when the distributor understands that, the distributor will then pass that along to the company. The company is far more likely to listen to the distributor than they are to you.
3: Yeah, uh, here, in, here in the UK, a lot of the pubs are owned by the breweries. If, for instance, there was the same kind of reaction to a bad advertising campaign and people stopped using the pubs, the people who run the pubs, the landlords, landladies, they are under license and forced or under contract to buy something like 80% of their goods or the, the, the drinks that they're selling from the brewery that owns the pub they would suffer you know if, if people stopped going to that pub because it was a for example a budweiser pub not that there anything like that should ever exist so they they would go out of business but there's there's the antithesis of this you know budweiser like we were saying in prep it's there at the barbecue it's stuck in a bucket of ice and people are around grilling big lumps of meat um standing there in check shirts and and jeans and opening a bud but back in the the 70s there there was a drink and it's, it still exists although it's very hard to find called baby sham and it had um the, it was a small blue bottle and, and it was a sparkling peri so you know like a, a wine or cider or something like that and it was considered one of the campest drinks that anyone could ever you know want and women it was only women that were expected to drink it so they they did this other marketing thing where a guy walks into a bar and says um I'll have a baby sham and everyone looks at him as if he's said something really terrible and then this big black guy goes hey I'll have a baby sham and then the whole bar are drinking baby shams so it's it's kind of the other way around you've got a beer that had perhaps a masculine although you know, in this country, no, Budweiser isn't a man's beer. It's a, it's a lady's beer. And they flipped it back in the 70s. So perhaps that's what they're trying to do now. Perhaps yeah, they're trying to. Um,
1: that doesn't play. That, that, doesn't, that doesn't play when you look at just the, from the advertising standpoint and, and you look at the culture of American sports. And I'm not talking about just uh, like baseball and or rounders, as you call it, or, or whatever. I'm not talking about just that. I'm not talking. <laughs> I don't know if they advertise alcohol. At uh NBA games. I don't know. I don't I don't watch any of that stuff, but I know for many years, many years, they have been a big sponsor of the NFL. They've been a massive sponsor for the NFL. And they've been a big sponsor for NASCAR. NASCAR, they own whole teams, Anheuser Busch does. Budweiser, Bud Light, Bush Light, all that stuff. They own whole teams. You're talking about hundreds of millions of dollars in team ownerships and team sponsorships. And I can tell you the types of people that go to NASCAR races, maybe not necessarily football these days, but NASCAR races, they're not the kind of people that are going to take kindly to this type of an advertisement
3: campaign. No, and they've got the opportunity to vote with their feet and drink Canadian beer instead. I don't think that'll happen. They'll switch to, you know, uh,
1: I'm, I'm assuming it'll be like Miller or one of those, you know, whatever that, yeah, yeah something that's, like that.
3: Uh, Miller, is that, is that Miller Milwaukee? Miller no, no, no that's was, a, that's
1: uh, no, it's like old mill Well, um, old Milwaukee were, is is something else, I, or maybe I I don't know, but that is an old one. Yes, that that I is. thought yeah. they were bought out by Anheuser. Was it was Anheuser? Did Anheuser Bush buy out Miller Lite or the see. Miller Company? The Miller Brewing Company is is who it used to be.
4: Yeah, it, it used to be that. Uh, let's see, I'm pretty sure Miller was is now. Miller Lite at least. Uh well, maybe is it's it, not. if it's uh, ABNBev,
1: that's what their that's what their their corporate thing is now. Like that's the parent company. That's uh, Anheuser-Busch.
4: Miller Lite is 4.2 4.2% ABV. Oh wait. That's, no, that's ABNBev. Uh,
1: ABNBev. So yeah. they own 4.2% of it.
4: Uh da, 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 da. uh Miller Lite, well they say it competes with Anheuser-Busch, but I thought for some reason I thought they had bought them out or something, but what about Coors? Really? Is that a Canadian,
1: Canadian one or is that's that's, that's Paulson, Canadian, yeah. yeah, yeah,
3: that's the, you know all, all the guys you know round, round a hot racetrack, and NASCAR is just round an oval racetrack, isn't it? There's there's no. Uh, H4, they do Benz
1: they do or. a couple of like uh, circuit races per year, yeah,
3: yeah, but it's not it's not like a proper F one track. I'm not into no, motorsport no. by the way, no, no but. It's not. It but is a it is NASCAR in a circle. It's is just round round in a circle, yes. basically. Yes. It yeah. is it is so, the largest so, spectator uh, sport in the world. Well, how many Americans are there? Three hundred and twenty million. Three hundred and thirty,
1: not counting illegals.
3: Yeah. Okay. So you know you got a captive audience. Same same with your World Series of Rounders um how can you call it a world series There's because the american- players
1: because no bec- that's where the teams are yes but th- that's because the players come from all over the world to play in the american oh, okay. baseball leagues. Okay, they, recruit no, I, them. I, they have I, they have recruiting schools in all the, the major countries around the world that play baseball including the uk i've never
3: answer. played a game of baseball but i have played softball which is kind of the same thing but kind with a bigger same, yeah. ball yeah. yeah yeah and it's a good game i really enjoy it so don't think for a moment that I'm deriding baseball or NASCAR because I certainly wouldn't drive around even a circular track only ever turning left. Does it, that's all they do. Right? They just go round to the left. Yes, they they're just turning turn left every, every, every single time. If they did yeah. a right turn, they're going to go over the side, aren't they? That is true. Yeah. So, you know, I wouldn't do that either. Not brave enough. But yeah, sport here is also sponsored by breweries and alcohol companies, you know, Carling, Carlsberg, uh, Heineken. All of these, they're all lagers, by the way, which, you know, I'm not into. But yeah, uh, the the real beer is a bitter. Actually, there is one lager I like, and that's from Barcelona. Is it Estrella? That's good. Uh, I really like that. Oh, and of course, Singapore. Singapore has uh, Anker and Tiger beer, which uh, again is a lager and really good, but they all kick the pants off of Budweiser. I'm afraid. Final few
1: minutes here. Uh, I thought I would give you a few minutes to comment on the uh, the ice cream eater visiting your country at the moment.
3: Well, a few days ago, because it was the anniversary of the Good Friday Agreement, being Good Friday, that's why it's so called. We suddenly got on the news. Intelligence services report that a dissident Republican attack was imminent. And nothing materialized, thankfully. Like they say in the intelligence services, you know, we have to get lucky all the time. They only have to get lucky once. And and nothing actually happened. And then, Joe, oh, I've wet my pants. Please may I have another ice cream? Biden rocks up. And supposedly it's big news, but it's all over our news. No, nothing else but him is in the news. But it's it's just a distraction again. What's he hoping to achieve? Nothing. I, I imagine he's just gone there. He's taken his son, hasn't he? He's he taken, has. A,
1: apparently, we don't have uh, good enough escorts in our country, so he has to come to yours.
3: Well, he'll be damned hard-pressed to find a, an Irish Catholic girl that uh, will go anywhere near him. And Joe's sister also went. Oh, I and see. his And his sister. No,
4: it, it's his wife. I'm being facetious.
3: Oh, I see. Yeah, that is... What, what's the Irish Parliament called? I it's do not know. You should know that. Uh, that's their. Devolved, I should do. Uh, their, their, their prime minister. Them. Yeah, that's that's Northern Ireland. He's in there. But were you earlier? You had him sat next to the Irish trickler, which is of Southern Ireland. Yes. So th- that's a bit confusing. But it, apparently he's in Northern Ireland. So obviously, oh, he's in Dublin no, he's in he's Dublin. He's in Dublin there, yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously he's doing north and south. Yeah. I've tr- got it, nothing to say about the old twat, really. I I just can't wait for him to croak. This was his
1: uh little bit of a speech. You got something there, Bruce, before I play this clip? I, I was just looking up the name of uh
4: their parliament, and I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. Oh, it's one of those parliament it? is it's
3: one the, of those. Yeah, the the, the yeah. prime minister is called the Taoiseach. And that's how it's pronounced, but it's not spelt like that. It's like Irish spelling is completely, it's its divisive. It, it's deliberately designed to make sure that only Irish people know how to spell it. Because like the name Siobhan, you've heard of the name Siobhan, yeah? Yeah. It's spelt Sibohan. Sibohan. You know, it it, make it's sense. done deliberately. It, It's
1: like, it's almost like what they do with, with uh, the Welsh languages. I, I cannot... For the life of me, I cannot follow it. But anyway, uh, this it's, is it's Biden. Like, let me let me make an attempt just for the okay. kicks. All right.
4: Doyle Aaron? Does that ring a bell? Well, that,
3: no. <laughs> no? Well, that's how it's
1: right, said. We'll it's it's supposed it. to be pronounced anyway. We'll, we'll go, go with it. Assembly okay. of Ireland yeah, we'll is go what with it down it. This to. was Biden in uh, speaking in the parliament in Southern Ireland.
2: I worry about you. You lean over. I said, Pop, what do you worry about? He said, you're too much. You're too much. Like that guy who led the revolution. Instead of the guy who was the prime minister. He said you gotta be less like the military guy. They shot him. (laughs) More like more like De Valera. (laughs) 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 Well,
3: I've never
1: gotta be gotta be less like the military guy. You heard him.
3: Yeah, they shot him. Um, Yeah, they did. He has no clue, does he? He, I'm sorry. I know you two and many other people from the United States of America do have an idea of what's happening and has happened around the rest of the world, even though I think 70% of you still haven't got passports. It's a big country. There's plenty of other places to go. But, you know, if you watch the news, read a history book. Yeah, there's, yeah, Johnny has a passport. What's that? A hammer and sickle on the front of that. Uh, anyway,
1: How dare you? Um, How dare you? No, that's me right there. This is US of A. That's me. You can clearly see that's me. Yes.
3: Yeah, that's me. Yeah, that is you. That is you. But Biden hasn't got a clue about the history from the Easter uprising in 1916 back to the potato blight, back to the way in which, and I'll say it because it's true, that mainland Britain persecuted the Irish. It definitely happened. But we got past that, but then we've had the uprising and everything else since. Again, it was political agitators using religious or religion as an excuse, and then it turned into organized crime. He's got no concept of that, so he'll come out and say something as innocuous. Sorry, not innocuous. It's not innocuous. It's worse. It's it's inane. That's what that was. That was inane gibberish. And that man's in charge of your country uh, and in charge yeah. of the nuclear triggers. Yeah, unfortunately. All right, my friend,
1: it has been absolutely fantastic having you on. And uh, we really appreciate your considered informed opinion. We will still be back with you next week, uh, even though we're going to be on uh, hiatus. We're going to be taking a two-week break. For those that are unaware who are just now tuning into us for the end of the week, we will be back in full force the first week of May. However, we will still be making three podcasts in the coming two weeks. So we will be on with you next week, Marty, that will be our next appearance. And then we will be back on the following Tuesday. And then again with you on the following Friday. So we will still have you on for your
3: considered and informed opinion. We didn't want to take your days away from you. That's very kind of you. And I'll try and be more interesting next time. But I don't guarantee that I'll agree with everything you say. That's perfectly fine because we don't want to be very myopic around here we want to stay
1: objective and so i hope that you disagree with me and i hope that i disagree with you but at the end we can still walk away and have a nice cold but no we can't have budweiser no we
3: we can't have a budweiser
1: no No. well i don't drink i'll have a baby sham there you go there you go it has been a pleasure i would like to thank both of you for being here this evening that will do it for today and for this a month I think uh, but like I said we'll be back next week uh, at the end of next week and the following week after that gentlemen it's been a pleasure thank you for being here this evening thank you to all of the listeners God bless everyone take care and we will see you in a week
3: goodbye all